this is David Wilson, and welcome to episode 71 of On Our Other Track. But what's your background? Where do you come from? Why in the earth would you develop an app? Because that's a lot of work. I'm coming originally from a from a roofing company, and so we had a lot to do with construction, and so we constructed school buildings and kindergartens, office buildings here, and, and that was the path. That's one of my two guests this week's Christian. He's the CEO of Smart Concepts, and with his colleague Christopher, they're launching a new smart app onto the market. Welcome along to my podcast series on another track. We're here to explore people and places from around the world. We hear the stories that have transformed my guest's journey and help them get on another track. It's not always pretty, but if you need that practical advice to figure out the roadblocks ahead, then you can't go wrong by learning from the other people's mistakes. It's an enlightening experience and a great journey. I first got introduced to Christian and Christoph through one of my guests on another track, Nicole Rawls. Working with her colleague Andrew through our company German Wunderwerk, they're taking on the challenge of helping smart concepts fund the next investors for their smart building app. With Renet to streamline the building automation market with a smart app that will control all products that are available on the market, Smart Concepts is aiming at simplicity, safety, and ease of use. But it's not all plain sailing in the last two years. Listen as Christoph and Christian take us on the journey of trying to find seed money and how they got investors interested in their product. If they get it right, they can have the biggest selling smart app in the world. I got started by asking Christian, why on the earth would you go to the effort of developing a smart app? So I have to look a, a few years back. So I st- I'm, I'm originally from the real estate and construction um, business. I had a company there, or still have it. And um, we constructed buildings for um, for schools, for kindergartens, for, for uh, public office buildings. And so there was in the, in the last five or four or five years, there were more demand for smart solutions. So we always uh, thought about making those buildings smarter. And there was always a problem that we had to use one manufacturer to, to equip the whole building. So it wasn't possible in a, a logical way to combine various manufacturers. So that was always a, a big problem. So you, you had to take all the, the lamps and, and everything from one manufacturer, even if it's not the first choice that you have. So I came to a point where I had uh, my, my business partner with me and we thought about making this better. So we, we started off with, with a software developer, which is also a good friend of us, and uh, thought this through. So we, we came to the stage where we saw it is possible to combine various manufacturers and that we have to, to write some code and to get this going. We have to, to get in, in touch or get in contact with the manufacturers to get their okay and to get their uh, the way their products work. And we had to take a lot of, of insight into this. And then in 2020, we came to the conclusion that it is possible. And then we started out and founded the company. If, say, my gran or your gran or granddad said, Varun, why? You know, why would we want smart apps in our old house? You know, I have a cottage in the country. You know, it's beautiful, wunderbar. And I don't want this smart app. Why was, how is it going to benefit me? <laughs> uh, we have the, the, the three cores are it has to make a life. Um, the most important is that to make it more comfortable. So you have to, to you can build routines and then you, you make all the, the stuff that you do throughout a day. You can combine it in, in routines and say why well, my, my light in the living room goes on at, at six o'clock and then my, my coffee machine is, is in at, at 6.30 and, and so on. Uh, what becomes more and more important is the energy saving aspect behind of that. So that was one of our main points or the one of the core points. And we... Uh, wanted to put this together so that you are able to control your your energy flow you have to you you're able to see uh, how much energy uh, 
you need for 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 the lamps for for whatever and you have an insight you get all this the data out of it and then you have the ability to to control it to to shut um devices off that are not needed at night maybe and um, to to turn them on automatically when you need them in the morning again and um that is in in those days right now or right here in, in europe it's 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 the biggest topic of of all the, the energy crisis through the the war in ukraine and and the gas delivery from mr putin so everyone looks at at your the energy that you produce or you use or you waste so we have the the third of our three pillars is um the safety factor so so you you can control your your alarm systems your alarm devices your your cameras your your access control at the front door at the garage or wherever um that is one very important point that gets more and more important throughout the, the last years uh, that's so good i think you really keyed into it there and i mean um, why do you think that uh, it's so relevant now, apart from the Ukrainian war, which really has focused everybody actually on energy use, but have we had um, an ongoing issue with energy pricing and things just going through the roof over the last, say, 10, 15, 20 years? Is that what's really motivated the company, do you think, to get into the market? Yes, definitely. That's that, that's a large point. And uh, like uh, COVID showed out the last years, more and more people are, are going to, to the home office or the work from their homes. So for them, it is more and more important to get their homes comfortable. Okay, so say for instance, and again, we, we, you know, we've got to justify the concept to people, haven't we, at the end of the day? Because uh, you know, there is a certain amount up from investment from somebody to say, yes, I'd like the app. I've got to invest in the hardware, the firmware, the software. Uh, or are you saying, no, it's just as simple as downloading the app from, you know, Apple App Store or Google App Store or wherever it is. And once you've got it, as long as you've got the whole, what do they call it, the whole connected series of items in your in your house, you know, as long as it has this symbol, which I don't know what it is, and you'll explain it to me, then you can connect to all these. That's really what you're saying. Exactly that, the point. Um, if, you, if you use Apple, for example, you are only in the Apple world. If if you use our items uh, on, on and our yeah we can say standard a new standard that's you you can use everything and you can you can use every company and uh, you have a choice what you want to use. Christopher, I want to ask you um, as you're speaking now just to let the audience know that we've changed speakers because we can hear a difference in your voices, but I just wanted to be clear on this. You know when 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 you're actually thinking about marketing an app, okay, and we all we all assume that's dead easy because. You know, as consumers, all we do is we pick up our iPhone or our Android phone, we press a button to go to the App Store, and we we hit that button, we download it within seconds, you know, less than a minute, and then we start using it. But really, ultimately, two questions, but I'll ask you the first part. How hard is it to develop an app that is available both to Android and to Apple at the same time, and then start to make money from it? How difficult is it? Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> this is very difficult, and we, we will see it in the future um, um, how difficult it becomes. Uh, but therefore, we uh, we engaged uh, uh, here Andreas and Nicole, especially, <laughs> to do that for together with us and to develop a new market. Um, we we knew that, or we know that we are uh, we have an, a special product that is really, really, um, totally new for the world. Um, we are better than the others. We knew that. We know that. And um, but we have to to bring it in the world. We bring it out in the world. As we were speaking about safety, um, we picked the manufacturer that you can control with our app in, in, when it's ready. So it is not. We're not saying you can control every manufacturer. Uh, but manufacturers that we think are relevant and that are safe and that are producing devices that that we can speak for so that we can say this is a really good device that will work for many years and then won't have any problems that is on a on a high quality level and so we picked the manufacturers that you can control. So we have many, many large names like Philips and, and Bosch and, and, and companies like that. And regarding the app, um, we have to, to sit together with each manufacturer and see 
how their products work because they are all different. And that is what Christoph said. We are planning to develop a new standard. You, you, you can say it that way yes. because there is none right now. So you have to, the manufacturer A works completely different than manufacturer B. And so we have to see how they work. That was what we did the last years and get them on board and program our app so that our app knows when I have to turn on the lamp for manufacturer A, I have to do this. And for manufacturer B, I have to do a whole different thing. And, and that was our way of approach. And another big, big <laughs> advantage I want to add is that our system works offline, totally safe, comfortable. Yeah, that was one of our USPs right from the start. So we wanted to make sure that the whole system works when the internet and the cloud fails. The, the second biggest um, advantage is that we have our own cloud and everything that um, works in our system goes uh, through our cloud. And so you, you have always a choice. So the user can choose, I want to use the cloud functions or not. And when he uses it not, the system is completely offline. So you always have the, that is very important for, for schools and, and office or public office buildings. And so that is always a, a, a very important point that this whole system is working offline. One of the things that I found going from, because I've worked with a number of German companies over the years, over the last 30 years, is that you guys are really great with Android. You know, Android is quite big in Europe. iPhone really is a secondary thing. It's more a North American thing. So really, where, where's your priorities always been? Have you always said, no, actually, if we're going to be a world app, we have to take Android and iPhone the same, or, you know, Mac OS and Android. So how did you do that protocol? How did you figure out that protocol, that standard? How did that all come about? Yeah, indeed. We we focused on, on Android. So it is clearly in, in the market where we are trying to get decked, it's uh, Android is, is the leader, of course, in, in all um, smart home applications that are on the market right now, Android is, is number one. Uh, we personally prefer the, the iPhone or the iOS platform. You have more possibilities with, with Android. And so we are, our app developers that we have in the company are focusing first on the Android app. That will be the, the first app that gets to the market. Uh, but we are planning the iOS variant right after that. But um, as you said, it's uh, two completely different animals. So developing an Android app is, had nothing to do with the iOS app. So we, we can't just take the Android app and put it on iOS. So these are these have to be completely different development behind this. What's the time scale? Say if you're somebody, you think, oh, I love that idea. I want this app to make me a cup of coffee in the morning, but it has to be a cafe creme, you know, this sort of consistency. How do you go from this idea of then physically then having something that works to actually marketing? What's the time scale? What's involved? Since, since we started in, in, in the middle of 2020, so it just took us two years till now. So right now the the app and the product so it will be a, a box that you have in in your home that you connect to your to your router and uh, to your internet connection or, or whatever and then you have the app and so both of this is ready right now it is working so it took us two years to get a working system that could make your coffee right now as you wish it to be and will take us another few months till it is really market ready to sell it so we are just acquiring new investors right now, which seems to work out very good. We we aimed on, on the beginning of 2023. So that seems to be realistic. And then we have our launch. If somebody wanted to do this, right, what's the kind of goalpost in terms of What's your initial capital, do you think, to get set up? And what do you need to be looking at over the next five years for cash flow? What's in your estimation? What do you need to be looking at? What's the reality? Yeah, the reality is uh, we we um, acquired uh, almost 1 million euro, which is right now like 1 million US dollar. And uh, that is what we took for the last two years to develop everything, to, to get it going. And we are looking for almost the same amount um, to get this market ready. So that is our, our 
next step. After that, we are looking in, in total with the 1.1 for about 3 million. That is to get everything going. So we, we have a revenue after that and, and, and through the sales in, in the first month, uh, we will get to the break-even point someday so that, that in total, we would need to about 3 million to get this thing going for the next years. And, and like Christopher said, we are aiming on, on different markets. We, we will start in Germany right now and will then um, like a circle enlarge the market through the rest of Europe and then of course go over to to the USA and Canada that is step three for us and and thank you so much for sharing that because I mean it, it really gives our listeners a kind of grip on you know if I was going to do what you know Christian Christoph done and Nicole's help with the marketing and Andreas what are we thinking about because you you want to be you want to have a realistic idea of is it achievable can you raise you know, three to $5 million over five years, you know, because the reality is if you don't have that money, you're going nowhere. That's the point, isn't it? Because you've got to source um, not just the coding and the conceptual idea and the firmware and all the sort of, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the easiest stuff, but it's the stuff that's tangible at the start of it. But you've also got to think about manufacturing, distribution and marketing. You know, as, as creatives, we don't even think about that because we're so in the moment with what we're doing, you know. So the reality is where do you then get this manufactured? And I know what Nicole will probably say, you go to China. But is that the obvious place today because of all the things that are happening in the world? How does that work? How do you figure that out, the manufacturing and actually getting it out? Yeah, you were on the on the right track there. <laughs> uh, of course, our our main um, device that that is controlled by the app comes from China. Right now, we're lucky we don't have any supply chain problems, as many have. When you order a BMW or something, you have to wait for two or three years. But that's not the case with our product. So we, in, in the last two years, we, we raised, like I said, one about 1 million euro uh, with our own money together. But it, it came alone like 840,000 from private equity investors. And we raised that money when we didn't have a product. So we had nothing to show. We were just coding and developing. And we could show to the investors a laptop, a MacBook, and say, here, this is our idea. And even then, we were able to raise. We have we had the, the, the German state, the German, um, it's called BAFA. I don't know if it's an, an English word. It's an, a federal office here in Germany that... Uh, that that gives reimbursements to the investors when they invest in a in a, in a tech company that develops a product that is uh, not comparable right now, or that there is no comparable other product. And those federal office uh, checked what we are doing, and they approved us, and they said, "Yo, you are the first ones that are making this product." Uh, so you get in our program. So every investor got, got a reimbursement from the state. So we were able, able to raise almost 1 million when we didn't have any product. And now we have a product that we can show. So every investor that comes to our office can see the product, can, can touch the button on, on the app and, and can turn off the lights, can, can control the coffee machine. <laughs> and so we have things to show so that we are very realistic about raising that money in the next month but one thing i have to say uh, um, about this money raising we are you you know as a startup you are in different uh, phases uh so we are in uh, it was a pre uh pre-seed pre-seed phase uh, stage like um, um with, with the private equity uh, special now we are changing we are on and we are coming in the seed phase and therefore we're looking for uh, venture capital um companies and uh, because they are in they are have the ability to give us more uh, capital uh, like one two or three million uh, so now uh, we are we are in this stage and we are together with a good company as a netherland from netherland kyla uh, they support us um, and they go out in the world and for example to canada yeah. and uh, looking for, for for new fresh capital what's actually happening with tech in germany do you have a silicon valley that develops you know where the all the ideas go to and people or is it is it dispersed throughout the country yeah. we we don't have anything comparable to a silicon valley so so everyone is is, is on their own we have like like i said the, the programs from the federal office from the state of germany that 
try to help the companies to to get the startups going but it's only a little bit it's not not as far as as in northern america not nearly as far and so we we have to to see on our own to to get this going and and like christoph said it's a, the classical approach is when when you don't have a product you can't talk to venture capital companies because they want to see something and so our way to go to start with private equities, private investors, and, and now that we have a product, we are aiming on the venture capital companies and we had to refine our, our business plans, our numbers that stand behind that. And we had it through, through auditors here in, in Germany and, and that helped us creating all those, those paperwork um, to get the, the feed in the door from the venture capital companies. So it's much more refined right now. And um, to, to your question, I want to say that in, in Germany or like especially in Europe, it is like um, because we have no Silicon Valley because uh, the most startups come out from the universities. So one other thing, there's always a perception, and I always like this, and I've always enjoyed working with German companies over the last 30 years. And I think the bottom line technical approach to the manufacturing and getting a quality product out there is really important in Germany. Is, is it still coming through in the products? Are you still seeing that level of expertise and quality? You know, the quality is still there. Is that where you guys are aiming as well? Yes, definitely. That that was our main um, reason because we, uh, for us to pick the products in the first place and don't say you can control everything, but there are a lot of not so good products on the market. The, the quality approach was always ours. And so, as you say, we have many great German companies. So we have many German products that you can control with, with the app. Right now, we, we are seeing how the products work. And when you know it, you get to a certain point when you see like four or five different working methods that all the manufacturers use. So with our experience, when I see a new smart home product, uh, after two days, I know how it works. And, and after two days, we would be able to, to implement it or to, to attach it to our software if we want. So when you, when you take our product and you switch the, the lamp from, let's say, Philips, and you turn it on, uh, Philips don't know it. They will never know that you just turned their lamp on. When you use the Philips app, they know instantly. So they always know, okay, the user turns on the light then, he turns it off then. So they have they, they create a user protocol and they collect data from you. They know, aha, uh -huh, he turns on the light then, he, he uh, turns the coffee machine then on. And as soon as you, you get commercials for, for the new coffee machine and for, for new products from Philips that could fit you. And that is what worries a lot of people. Okay, but that's reality of modern life, though. I mean, I'm going I'm to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to look at both sides of the coins. You know, some people are comfortable with that. Certainly young people are used to it. They've been brought up with that. And therefore, it doesn't really worry them. In fact, there was cases, what was it, two or three years ago that, uh, you know, Alexa saved somebody's life because they were getting murdered, you know. I mean, I know that's extreme, but that happened in North America and they sent the police there. So there, there are some benefits to this kind of idea that, you know, it's constantly listening um, and it could be a safety thing. And as we know, you you highlighted crime is, is going up, it's gradually going up throughout, you know, all the world. So there are some benefits to that. But here's the thing that I want to drill down on, though. How are you going to make your money? Because that's how those companies are making their money. They're selling that advertising space or that, you know, that data to somebody. How are you going to use your data and how are you going to be able to make any money off the back of this app? Yes, that, that's a very important point because we, we don't say all the data collecting, all to, to give data to the outside is, is a bad thing. We just want to make sure that every user can control it as he wants. When the user says, I have no problem with it, I, I want to get ads or commercials and, and I get many interesting ads, then he can turn it on through our cloud and we, you have to see it like a gateway. So we, we let information through if the user says, I'm fine with it. If he says, no, I'm worried and, and I have to have my safety and uh, then nothing goes through. 
that was the point right from the start. The user has the, the power in his hand. He can say, okay, I'm fine with it or I'm not. When you buy a, a lamp from manufacturer A and you use the manufacturer app, you, you don't have the choice. So if you turn the light on, you accept their, their, their code and their uh, company's requirements and you have to agree that you are okay with, with giving your data away. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. Okay, I wanted to sort of break from the kind of pure business side because that can get very dry for everybody listening. So what is it in your personalities do you think that gave the seed investors confidence? And either one of you can answer this question. Yeah, I guess it's a, a, one important thing is our experience, I, I guess, because in especially in Germany, you you have to... Uh, to have something on your business card <laughs> so, so that, that people take you a little bit more serious. Uh, but I guess we both are very open-minded and we are very, like set keen for this product. So we are, we're burning for it. We, we through our companies where we work in the real estate business, we uh, saw the demand, we saw the need for this product. And that was that is what, what is still driving us. So, so we, we see that there is a missing standard right now and we want to close this gap. And, and that is what gives us the, the, the power to. Yes, and I want to add, uh, we, we have to meet a lot of people. Yes, um, this is uh, absolutely necessary. We, yeah. we And to contact a lot of good people. And um, yeah, for sure, you have to be a little bit luck to meet the right people um, uh, like you now <laughs> <laughs> and Nicole and Andreas. And so far, um, uh, we are looking forward to have a, 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 a lot of success. You're halfway through listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guests this week are Christoph and Christian from Smart Concepts. Next, I wanted to understand what was behind the two guys that started this company. And it makes for interesting listening. I asked Christian first, but actually Christoph got off to the races quicker. Yeah, sure. It, it goes right back because uh, my my father was always in the in the construction and real estate business, and and I was since I'm twenty. But uh, David, <laughs> I want to say to you one thing: you have to know, Christian was in in his uh, youth or uh, in his younger life before he was a guitar pro, really, oh, yeah. a really yeah. guitar pro in a, in a in a band. Christopher, tell me about your background. Give people kind of an idea. Paint a picture of Germany where you grew up. I was in my youth, or I used to, to become a football pro. Um, so, but it changed. <laughs> I got a big injury and it was not possible more. And then we, but it was similar to our lives that our father was a, like a role model for us um, because my father was a big manager for some companies. Uh, I, I grew up in a, in a yeah, you say, uh, a good neighborhood and a, <laughs> super family with two brothers we had a lot of possibilities and uh, for me it was uh, soccer playing or football playing like this in Europe or in Germany um, um, especially here in Germany and it was very good um, so I uh, was very talented and uh, big uh, clubs came to me and wanted to, to make a, a contract so but I, I got with 19 years um, I got a big injury and then it was no more possible to play uh, like in the like in the pro field why were you interested in football and soccer to start with where did that come from um i don't know it is like uh, if you grew up in germany there's football all over you played in the school you played everywhere you go out if you see a ball you play you play football and uh, and some and we have a lot of good talents here and i'm i think i was uh, uh yeah i was one of the best <laughs> okay but why do you think you were one of the best because it was it because of the path you were going and you were very dedicated and you were going to become the best where did that come from i i, I don't know because i was uh, so um um the guys in, in enthusiastic yeah. i was absolutely enthusiastic it's my character to be if I do something, I'm very enthusiastic, and uh, yes, it was mine. And and, um, and a lot of people say. Uh, then later, the trainers and, and the coaches said to me, "You're very, very, very talented." And they sent me out to uh, to to regional uh, co um, 
guess bigger clubs and I played then uh, in a, in some leagues and yeah, higher, yeah, leagues, higher leagues and higher leagues. That that's really interesting. And some of the names that you would have played for, oh, you were actually you know maybe in the feeder team for. What were some of the big you know uh, football teams that you would have potentially joined or played? Oh, it was um, the first one Bayern Bayern Munich, but it was really here in, in our region is Borussia Mönchengladbach. Know them well. Yeah, a lot of people know yeah, them. Yeah, it's, it was my first to come to them, and yeah, it um, it, it it could have happened, but it didn't. You got to a point where you were on this great path. You know, we'd be told you were one of the best. You were flying, and then suddenly, what happened? Tell us what happened, and how did that devastate your life? And how did you get back on your feet again? Um, yes, I had an um, opponent against you um, know in, in one in a one in a play, and uh, he uh, he made a very very bad foul because I was very fast and then I broke my leg and it was very complicated um, with my knees and so on and a lot of operation a lot of uh, yes operations um, so and then I was one year out I, I couldn't uh, um, come in, um, in 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 this level I was before. I tried it for one year, but it was it was not possible. And then I changed my mind and said, "Okay, it was a dream. It didn't come true, but I have new dreams. I create new dreams, and um, life will go on." It was uh, it was good. Um, yes, it was a good phase in my life. Wonderful. And then I have to 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 accept it. Um, to come to, an, to to another plans and to another goals, new goals. And how did you do that? Um, I don't know. It, um, I I was uh, then. I, um, yeah, I studied first, and uh, then my plans changed. And I was in. I'm a man who's very interested in a lot of things. It became. Well, I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> How did I do that? Uh, I have to to think about it. Well, let's give give you a lead in. Uh, you looked at the landscape. It looked pretty bleak. You know, you're sort of thinking, I've tried for a year. I can't get to where I wanted to get. How do you in your mind rejig that? How do you sort of clear that landscape and create a new landscape for yourself? What was the thing that got you going on another track? Um, I think... Um, it was a meeting uh, the father of my first love. Um, it was my first girlfriend. Um, I was yes. Um, he was he he, he um, worked in a big finance uh, financial company, and he showed me the financial world, and um, that was for me the beginning of a new of a new stuff. Uh, to know it was it was for me very interesting how it works in the financial world and then I got in the financial world and this this, this was why uh, my first step uh, to come in a completely new world and was I was fascinated from stock exchange markets and and so on and yes this became a new world. So did you apply the same idea of sportsmanship and achieving the best and trying to get those goals to your new career? You did is that how you did it? Oh, yeah, but you are enthusiastic. You want to play. It's like um, it's it's every everything is like you 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 want to play a game, and it's the same in the in the on the football field, and it's the same in the professional world. It's like playing a game, and um, for me, it was uh, playing the game. The financial game was for me. It's 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 not betting about. It's uh, more to yes to play this game was uh, my new game. And it was for for a lot of years. I, I think uh, and uh, was it about ten years or fifteen years. I'm, I was in this game. Okay, now I'm going to let you off the hook now because I really pressurized you a little bit there just to sort of reveal your soul. And I know that was difficult, but the thing about it is, is that I think that what's great about this is we need to get to know the personalities behind the company. You know, smart concepts is 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 got a great image. You know, that's been created through the help of Nicole and Andreas and yourself. But, you know, really, it's all about people, isn't it? It's about relationships and about, you know, talking to people on a real level. So, Christian, let's go back to where you were when you were a child. And, again, you avoided the question so well, and I love it. In sales and the real estate, we're designed to do that because, you know, we want to sell the house. We don't want to sell the bad things. We want to sell the good things. So where are you from in Germany? Are you both, you and Christopher, from the same place in Germany or are you from a completely different location? Not at all. It's, it's close to each other, but um, I'm from a small town near Düsseldorf. So I, I always 
grew up in this small town and very, um, like I say now, boring town. It was always like like the, the, the cozy little neighborhood and and uh, not the big city that we live in Düsseldorf right now for, for many, many, many years. I didn't have much trouble in my childhood. I had a great childhood. Always was was okay because the company of, of my father always worked out pretty well. So so we, we didn't have to we didn't have any any larger problems. So I had a, had a great childhood. And um I, like Christopher just said, I, I played uh, guitar for, for many, many years in, in several small bands. I, I didn't get famous, but but I I, I worked in the studio for for other bands and recorded some some guitar tracks, but but nothing countable <laughs> and did, didn't make a lot of money. <laughs> but maybe one day. <laughs> but to be fair, let's just pick up on that. It's like uh, doing podcasting. Like I, you know, I never started off with the concept of making money. I just wanted to get my voice out there. I wanted to have a legacy, you know. So I'm sure in the creative industry, like, you know, being in a band, you know, what was your idea? Did you learn to play the guitar at a very young age and then got inspired by certain groups and thought, yeah, I'd like to do that? What were your influences in music? Yeah, sure. I was, we were always more in the, in the rock direction. So I did, like, thing, uh, artists like, like Springsteen and, and, and stuff like that, U2, and so more the, the classical rock direction. Of, of course, when you're young, you strive to be uh, successful one day. You are always dreaming about your your record company deal and 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 to get that uh, that money or the, not just the money, but but to get on tour and, and play stadiums. Of course, when you're 17, 18, 19, you think ah, that could happen one day. But um, then there was a phase where um, I um, entered the, the company of my father. So I, I joined my father in, in doing the, the construction company. And so there weren't enough time to, to practice and, and, and to play because playing in a band is, is a lot of commitment. So I, I met my wife when I was 21. So, and she's still my wife. <laughs> and so um, when you're in a band, you, you have to practice three days a week. You go to a gig on, on, on Saturday or Sunday and, and going to a gig means you have to leave in the morning and come back late at night. So you have to, to build everything and your amplifiers, your guitars and have to sound check. And, and so it's a lot of commitment and a lot of time for almost no money. <laughs> so in the first years you get a hundred euro or a hundred dollar per gig and, and, and on most gigs you get a, a free beer. And that's all you get to pay. <laughs> Someday I had the point where I had to decide if I, I join the, the, the business path or if I fool around and stay in the band. And um, But I had to decide one day. So I just joined the company and... I, that went well for many, many years. And, and like, like Christopher, on a, on a different level, we had many hard times a few years ago. So the companies didn't go that well. We had, we had a lot of trouble and uh, we, we hired employees that did a lot of mistakes. So we had in, in, the, in the larger um, construction building business. So it, it can go downhill very fast. And right now in this phase, my father died. It was uh, because a little bit of that, because he had that company for 20 years and when it didn't go so well. It, for him, it was a lot, lot of trouble. So it was always a company first and that was his baby. And when it didn't go out, it, it, it hit him very hard. So I, in, in this phase, I, I went to a lot of trouble times, but I guess what always was my thing, I, have, I, I always have a, a positive mind even if this roof right now crashes down and everything goes uh, downhill, I'm still positive and think, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's go on. And that helped me through this area. And then the following years, it went out very good again. And that was when we get into this smart home path uh, with the bigger construction deals and, and things that we did. And so it was paved the direction founding smart concepts yeah uh, you know i'm sorry to hear about your dad you know because being in business myself it's uh you know and the pressures are on you from all angles you know how do you survive 
you know, how do you get yourself out of bed in the morning? How do you be able to sort of have a positive attitude? Where do you think you get that from? Where does that come from? Um, I guess my father had that too. So so in, in working with him for many years, I I got that type of personality a little bit from him so he always had this like he said this this tunnel view so so he could um, turn aside uh, a lot of problems and see the goal and and if something breaks on the left and on the right he just looked at straight at the goal and that is what we're doing right now so like i said that's that's tunnel view maybe it's not not the, the perfect word for it but you you don't have to let that small problems get to you so when you have get a bad letter you you when you are the ceo of the company you can't say oh my god it's it's a bad letter oh, what what should i do now and i don't know and when you do that you're you're done because um, you always have to to go on the past the show must go on every time so we have a, a very good team right now we are 11 employees right now in the smart concepts and so we we work out together very well the last two years and so uh, everyone knows when there's a minor problem how to fix it so so you always have to have a team you can't do it on your own that's a big lesson I had to learn because in the beginning, you always think I know everything <laughs> and all the others know less than me, but that is totally wrong. So you, you, you have to delegate, you have to, to see who can help us to, who can aid you. And that was the point when the company is running better, when I, I had this insight. Uh, you know, actually, you're so perceptive because you segue straight into my next question, bringing it back to smart concepts. What for you guys, if you were looking at the landscape or the road ahead, would be the ideal scenario? You know, you've got your seed money, now you're in the seeding process. What happens now in terms of the type of companies that you would like to attract to invest in your company? What What does that look like and what can you give them? Okay, of course, we, like most of the companies say, we're looking for not solely for the money, but uh, for a strategic partner, let's say it this way. So when we're in the, in the private equity world the last two years, uh, these are almost investors that, that have money. Uh, but they are not from, from the real estate or from the smart home community. And right now we are contacting um, venture capital companies that are specialized on what we are doing. So there are companies that, that only invest in smart home companies or only in, in real estate or, or prop tech is the, the word that most of them are using or the property technology that we, that you use to, to control a building or to, to equip a building. And so we are, we are now more focused. So, so every new money that comes in in the next months will come with a strategic partner that can help us and we are still a startup and we are gibt hier in, in germany a word weisheit nicht mit löffeln gefressen we, <laughs> we we don't know everything we are not the market leader we are not the number one smart home company in the world and we know that so when we have a strategic partner like a, a company that that invests in smart home companies for years of course they have more market insight than we have one question I'll throw out there because I think it's very relevant at the moment. I know in the businesses that I deal with in Germany, AI technology has really come to the fore, the artificial intelligence technology. Does that have any place to play it within the app and within the concepts that you guys are developing? Uh, yes, definitely. Also we are, we are, um, have the, the topic AI in on, on our agenda. And it in the in the smart home world, you have functions like uh, light AI functions. When when you always turn on your heating at the same time, or you turn off your light at the same time in the morning, then the the device is able to learn that. He, the device knows. Okay, he always turns on the light between seven and seven fifteen. So I suggest him. Uh, uh, to to apply a routine and would you like to apply a routine and we, I always at seven o'clock or turn on the light so that would be some some light AI features that we're looking for 
of course, we have it on our agenda for the next month and years. Okay, so let's have a look at our crystal ball now. It's in the middle of the table where the microphone is, and you're looking at it and studying it, and you're getting all these lovely rays coming out of you, and you can see 10 years in the future. What do you see? <laughs> 10 years in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, Good question. No question. Oh, you got us. Uh, I think I think um, there are a lot of possibilities. Uh, perhaps one is with smart concept. We are together with a, with a, with another company where um, we, we will be merged. It's possible. Um, one of the exit strategies for the for the investors, for example, an IPO. An IPO. Is always, IPO is always uh, in our plans. That's what we see for our company. Yeah. yeah. I guess you you were going in the direction what we see for the whole smart living thing sector. How smart we live, maybe very smart. I think very smart. Um, then smart cities. We will we will have in the future in ten years smart cities uh, that uh, whole areas will be will be managed uh, artificial or uh, by artificial intelligence. We will see that process and um, yes, I'm sure and we will, we will be a part of it with our technology. Of course, you know it all relies upon though, don't you? It relies on the fact that we still have power. <laughs> I mean, the way the war is going in Ukraine, you guys are going to have a cold winter and, you know, gosh, you know, where does all the power come from? I don't know. We, we really don't know. You are right. We, we need the power, but we have to um, to look for alternatives uh, in the world like we do now. Our government uh, tries to get all the power and we have, uh, yes, for, for, for perhaps new technologies. Mm -hmm. um, yes, uh, it's now I think I, I think the time then in the near time um this winter will be hard but it's only for for half a year and then it's over and then we see in a better for a better time and i hopefully putin is gone if you were 18 again and you're on that dusseldorf bus or tram i think you have trams still in dusseldorf and um, and you sat down beside your 18 year old self what would you tell yourself now you have all this knowledge well, it's a great difficult question <laughs> It's a real difficult question. Um, have you an idea? What's it? <laughs> <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot answer. Really. Be yourself like you are now. Um, uh, yes, I think that's the most important thing. To be honest, uh, uh, yes, to be, a, to be yourself. It's a real hard question to answer. Um, yeah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or something like that, <laughs> could be an answer. It's a good start. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute. We're talking to the wrong guy now. The guy that was the guitarist is the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Come on. So I, th I think we need to move the microphone to Christian a moment and just find out, you know, drill him. So okay, you're, you're 18 again. You've probably just done that gig in, you know, the the Scala Cinema in Hereford because that's where I used to go in the 80s to watch the groups and the bands. Um, so what would you tell yourself if you were just at that gig, you finished a great gig, what do you, you know, you've got all this knowledge. What would you say to yourself? Yeah, I, I, I had a lot to, to deal with this question because I have a 14 year old son and now he's, he's getting in, in the direction of, of the age of 18. So he's, he's looking what he will do in the future. And, and of course, as, as parents, we, we like to influence him a little bit. But I'm um, like Christopher said. I, I always have the opinion that he should do what he loves, what he likes. So he's he's big in in, in YouTube and all these things, like like many in in his age. So he wants to start his own channel and 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 make that. And, and I'm absolutely fine with it. I, I guess it's it's a new world. It's an interesting world, and and he should do it. And uh, like I read a few days ago, uh, thirty is the new twenty. Uh, so I'm absolutely fine with it if he doesn't know if what he wants to do with his life until he's 25 or 30 so if he he wants to to see everything and and try everything out and then maybe like i did play in a band he plays guitar too and and if he wants to start a youtube channel and focus on, on that and and even if it fails and, and he's 23 25 still nothing is lost so you should do what what you want to do and you can focus on on the the working stuff uh, when you are twenty five or thirty. Don't take everything too seriously. So I guess that life becomes serious fast enough or early enough. So uh, to when when I would talk to my eighteen year old self, I would 
Um, maybe I would do it exactly the same way as I did. I, I wouldn't change that much. I would invest in real estate a little bit more. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for that. Well, guys, just finally, um, Smart Concepts, if you are looking to attract anybody to your company, because as you go and you grow, you're going to want programmers, you're going to be wanting people that will come on board and be able to understand the concepts of the product and get it out there. How do people get hold of you? Yeah, of course, we're in, in, in every social media platform. You can find us on, on, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, we have our, our website, of course. It's Smart Concepts AG. It's it's the short for Corporation on Stocks in Germany. So it's smartconceptsag.de. You can find us there. And, and of course, we are looking for, for new employees in the next month. So we have a lot of, of, of marketing to do, a lot of app development, software development. In, in the java coding space we are living or where we are working actually i just got one final question which i'm dying to ask i just realized is java all written in english you have to know english or is it written in german or, or is it written just in code i mean what how does that work yeah we, we are just developing in english and german at the same time so so everyone has to speak more or less english uh, especially when it comes to coding, because the coding is done in English, but you have to, okay, the, the German words. So when you, you open the German app, you have your German words in it, but the coding behind is in English. And so, of course, in, in, the, in the modern world, you have to, to speak a little bit of English. Well, Christian, Christopher, thank you so much for Smart Concepts. You guys have been really interesting, and I wish you the best of luck on your journey. I think you've got some great marketing people on left and right of you there. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, as you rightly said, uh, Christian, the show must go on, the Queen track. I like that. You can tell you're a musician. Take care of yourselves. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure. You've been listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guests this week were Christian and Christoph of Smart Concepts based in Germany, creating a smart app that's going to change your life. Remember, there are more conversations coming up in this series. Just look out for On Another Track with me, David Wilson, on your local podcast platform and subscribe. This has been a BritCam production for Urban Aspect Incorporated keeping us safe on the roads of North America.